Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had an amazing weekend. A weekend filled with family, friends, laughter, and joy. And, and speaking of a family, a friend, a laughter, and a joy, it's Jackie O. Hi, Turdaloo Screw. Yes, I had a weekend full of the big four because my house was the location for Strice Fest 2023. Now, at a glance, now that it's behind you, give us, I know we were all keeping up on your stories with, you know, how the bros were commingling, coexisting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after four days together, tell us. It was a beautiful weekend. And I would say mm. the theme of the weekend, if I could only use one word to describe it, was harmony. It was really beautiful. Of course, they started out ice cold. Mm-hmm. Not even acknowledging Chilly. each other. Just like completely on parallel tracks. Mm-hmm. And over the days, the ice between the Strice brethren thawed. And it was beautiful to behold. By the time they left last night, it was just like weapons down, detente. Yeah. I mean, they weren't being like those cavaliers that you see on reels that are like, spooning each other they weren't doing that I'm not they'll never and they'll never be that (laughs) no but you could tell that they were comfortable with the other's presence and I feel like someone who contributed a lot to them mending fences was Harry because Harry really brought Fa into the fold like Harry is obsessed with Theo he calls him Fa and now we all call him Fa like when I say say Theo he does say like fee but now we all call him Fa that like Theo's name is just Fa Moving forward, he will be heretofore known to as Fa. Yeah, so Harry is obsessed with Fa. Like, Fa this, Fa that. Like, coming down the hallway, Fa, Fa. I'm and obsessed. Theo, like, doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And Bruno's had to really look inside himself to accept these facts, you know? Yeah. And I think it the, made Jackie, him... he said to look inside himself to accept these facts. <laughs> these facts. <laughs> And I think it made him realize how he's been a little selfish, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like Harry, Bruno loves Harry. Harry loves Fa. Fa loves who? I don't know. No, it's literally the mo- that movie and like with Julia Roberts. And it's like, and who's chasing you? Nobody. 
No, I mean, I'm always What movie is that? Her. Like, My Best Friend's Wedding or whatever. Maybe. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Me neither, but I know that scene where it's like, she's chasing a guy who's chasing another girl, and she's calling her friend. She's like, I'm chasing him. And she's like, and who's chasing you? And it was honestly such a sleigh. It's like, <laughs> nobody, go home, wench. You're okay, desperate. Okay, technically... In the three that I'm describing. You are chasing Bruno. I was chasing Bruno, but Bruno's always so good to his mommy. But anyways, it really was lovely. Fa was a pleasure to have. The house was jumping all weekend. Obviously, jump, jump. he doesn't jump a lot, but it was, I think it was a good energy for him to be surrounded by. A lot of positivity and fun. He came home, you know, like lighter than air. I cannot thank you enough for watching my boy. Like, you know how, I mean, I know you know the importance of having a safe space to leave your son. Of like, course. And so just to know he was completely loved and taken care of. And it's really something I never have to worry about because I'm always just leaving Theo at my in-laws and I never even look back. Like, I know Theo's so taken care of, but they were otherwise occupied this weekend. I was kind of in a pickle. And I felt bad. I'm like, you know, you're literally like 100 years pregnant. You have a one and a half year old. You have a uh, dog. I'm like, is this kind of like an imposition? But I I felt good about it. I thought, you know, maybe it might be, but it really wasn't. It was lovely. Honestly, I feel like I should get another dog. (gasps) I feel like that's what Harry needs, but Brew, Brew, like, he said this was temporary. He said it, I was okay with it because I knew there was an end. No, by the way, Bruno would run away from home if it I was know. a permanent solution. A few times in Florida, I thought about getting a second dog because I thought actually that's what Brew would want, like, wanted. I thought maybe he was a little lonely, but then I realized, like, my crazy, jealous boy could never share mommy. No, and I think that's why Bruno and I really kind of get along and see one another. We're both like incredibly Mm -hmm. self-centered, selfish, borderline, um, like attention-seeking people. Yeah, but just like his auntie, Koya, Bruno is so true, so loyal, so loving, so wonderful, so sweet. Steadfast. Like, he has all these amazing qualities, and his Achilles heel, he's just jealous. Like, if it's just the one thing, I can allow it. None of us are perfect human beings. Yeah, it's so true. Well, I am back in the city, and I uh, drove home from the Hamptons yesterday, and Ben and I actually listened to Friday's episode of The Toast in the car. And let me just say, like, Ben, like, really never sits down and listens to The Toast. I don't want to get into it. It's so hurtful. Um, When I tell you this man was cackling. And I also never really listen to our episodes. Like, sometimes I'll watch them, but, like, really never. I I like to just leave it on the the mic and, and move on to the next day. What a delight we are. Oh, my God. I was cackling at the Blaze Pizza Man. I was cackling at us trying to make the writer strike about us, hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, getting smart list canceled and off the airwaves. Like, we are truly talented. That's so exciting. I should listen to the episode because by now I have no idea what was said. Like, it's been, yes. it's been so yes. long. It would be like listening to two other girls. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, I can never listen to the episode that we record that day. I'm like, I just lived it. Like, I know what's coming next out of my mouth. But when you don't know what I'm going to say, I guess that's what other people experience when they listen to this podcast. Oh, my God, we are – it's a journey. We Who, who knows what the fuck is going to come out of our mouth? Yeah, that's so – that's so fun. Who was Ben laughing more at, like, you or me? Honestly, you. Really? Yeah, maybe it's because he's like I thought that was like humor. a delusional question to ask. No, no, no. Like, honestly, you. I forget what it was that you said. But he was like, you know something's funny when like somebody repeats it like 10 seconds later? Yeah. They like laugh and then they're like, oh, <laughs> smartless is canceled party or whatever. That's not what he laughed at. <laughs> That's you not said what he laughed that. at. I said that, but I couldn't remember what it was. But he was like, really? And then when it was over, he was like, should we listen to another one? But then we were getting close to the city and I had some phone calls to make. So I was like, no. That is hysterical. I shall do that one time. 
And then when Perhaps. people, whenever I do like meet and greets or I meet toasters in the wild, they're like, oh my God, I'm always listening to you on like my road trips. It made the car ride go by so fast. I'm like discovering podcasts for the first time. And it's but your like, own. <laughs> no, but it really did. Like the, it was such a long ride and it was Sunday. So there was so much traffic. Oh my God, it breezed right by. That's amazing. So that's the good news from the weekend. The bad news is that I think we have to accept defeat that we're not going to yeah. beat Smartless because we had our chance on Friday. I sent Claudia a screenshot. Smartless was number one with their Max Tegmark episode, which if you watched their docuseries, like that was, that show tanked. Right, it's a flop episode. It's a flop episode. Smartless was number one. We were number two. And we never traded places. And by the way, I checked on Saturday night because I was with Hannah Burner, And, you know, she's a podcast girly. And I was telling her, you know, our current mission. And she mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious. And I checked on Saturday night. And we were still number two to to uh, to MIT boy, whose yeah. name I cannot recall. So we stood there for a while. We we almost did it. And I know a lot of people switched from Spotify to Apple. And we can't, no, you know, tell you yeah, how much we appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like so many of our listeners, like, join forces like we put our heads together and we were going up against like one of their worst episodes and like we still couldn't hack it no I mean the only hope moving forward is that they don't release episodes because of the SAG strike and I was talking to Josh Peck yeah that was what everyone was commenting what does that mean for Josh Peck so I'm not entirely sure but it does it does apply like there are certain things you cannot do Mm -hmm. so I don't know if that means, I don't think Smartless will stop releasing episodes altogether, but they're definitely not going to be like exciting and like Hollywood juicy. The only thing that maybe I could say about the Max Tegmark episode, it was like maybe it actually, because it flopped, like more people it were was a curious. To, it was a spectacle. More people were yeah. curious to listen to it, to like hear what did so bad in Boston that night. Perhaps. Like we're talking about it. So true. We've got to stop talking about it. Yeah. I feel like we're like, kind of making it buzzy. No, this whole episode, this whole conversation is counterintuitive. Like, we are hyping up the thing in which we are seeking to destroy. So true. But we're just such, like, positive forces. So true. We're forces for good. We can't help it. We're good faith actors. (laughs) Totally. I love a Monday show. We haven't had, you know, pop culture stories since Friday. And the Friday ones were were thin at best. And you know what? I say we had pop culture stories on Friday. No, Jackie, we were still hysterical when I was listening to the podcast. Like, that's the thing about the Fast Five. Like, it doesn't define us. They're irrelevant, first of all. Second of all, the stories today are five. I couldn't even tell you which one I'm most excited to talk about. Yeah, no. And I think, like, this happens a lot um, just in – it's the the nature of the work that we do. Like, you talk a lot for so many weeks. And, like, you definitely feel burnout, like, every couple of months. And the summer is always, like, kind of a slow time for business. And so – I was maybe on the verge of a burnout, but listening to this episode, oh, it wasn't wow. even like one of our best episodes. Jackie, I'm reinvigorated. I was like thinking all night last night, like, what funny jokes am I going to make? Oh my God. But what if you like have jinxed it now that you know like your greatness? So true. You know, maybe we were just like so oblivious before. Right. We didn't even know how great we were. And now that we know, like we're going to destroy it. We, like everything we, we built. jinxed it. Yeah. Well, let's not, like, be negative like that. I know that's, like, your thing these days, but let's not. You're so funny. Like, I say one negative comment, and I'm negative these days. I said one positive thing last week, and you're like, you're so positive these days. Oh, one thing about me, like, I'm going to exaggerate. Like, (laughs) I am going to, like, the pendulum is going to swing. I'm not a consistent person. I'm the biggest hypocrite. Like, nothing I say ever lines up with what I said the day before. That's why when people are like, Claudia, I can't believe you did this when you said yesterday. Like, have we met? I'm literally the least consistent person. None of my views are consistent. Like, they all cross-reference. They all, like, muck each other up. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. 
which serves you when you go to listen to an episode from four days ago because you have no idea what you said. Oh my God, that's like, somebody tagged me in this TikTok yesterday. Somebody posted, like, I guess like a few years ago, I went on a rant about Lululemon and now all I fucking wear is Lululemon. They're like, Claudia, you said they were like too expensive. Okay, and I like them now. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, like Because I like it. Did you not get yeah. the viral sound? Because I right. like it. Right, like, you okay, cannot wait, wait, wait. hold okay, me. Okay, now that person, do one about reading. Do one about right. Downton. Wait, let me get right. my list out. Hold on. Do one about pickleball. Right. Like, stop holding me to things I've said. Like, I, I do not want to be held accountable. I don't know me. Like, I do not. It depends on the mood that I'm in. Like, I do not associate with different versions of myself. Like, I can only be truly held accountable for this very moment. You're constantly changing, constantly growing and evolving. And if people and can't isn't that what we isn't that we what we search for? If people can't understand that, then that's on them. It's not a me problem. They can honestly. go be stagnant over there. Ooh, go be stagnant over there, bitch. Liking the same things forever. Couldn't and be me. Worse, disliking the same things forever. Yeah, at least I'm open. I'm slow, but I'm open. She's slow, but she's open. That's so me. Name of my next book. <laughs> slow but smut. open. It's smut. Slow. Oh, it literally <laughs> sounds like smut. Slow but open. Yeah. Are you reading anything right now? Oh. Ben was cackling at us coming up with a smut book for SAG-AFTRA versus Disney. That's funny, except did you see what Fran Drescher said about Bob Iyer? I did. She called him repugnant. Gorgeous word to I use. feel like she said what he said was repugnant. She did. She did. And she said it was very out of touch. She didn't mince words. And she also, like, it was obviously, like, an unprompted question. And the way she just kind of, like, she slayed that answer. Like, Bob Iger will never recover. Bob Iger is quaking. But I just want to say, it kind of reiterates the fact that this is the start of a smut book. Like, it, yep. that there was such high tensions. She's in the press calling him repugnant. Then they right. have to get into the room together. And he's like, this is the woman who called me repugnant. And she's like, this is the man that I find repugnant. And then they have to put their heads together and work together and fuck. <laughs> and somebody on um, our Instagram left a comment for what that – we couldn't come up with a really good name for the book. And they came up with the best one. I'm so sorry. I don't know your name. I will, um, you know, forever be indebted to you. But it's called Happily Ever After. <laughs> it's so good. That is so funny. It's the perfect title. For today's episode. Oh, that too. Yeah. I mean – who knows? We we haven't even cracked the fast five. I know. But I do really like that. Yeah. Mm, because I like, I like it. it. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like we could get into the stories because there's a lot to discuss. Yeah. I'm down. And we're going to recap the first three episodes of Summer I Turned Pretty, correct? Yes. I did watch them last night and I have some thoughts. I watched two and a half episodes, which is enough to participate to participate and you can spoil it for me. Okay. So without further ado, here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by Skims. You guys already know that we love Skims. It all started with their Fits Everybody collection of the butteriest underwear ever. So we wanted to try more from the brand. We're always seeing their cotton loungewear all over our Instagram feeds. So we had to see for ourselves what all the hype was about. And let me tell you, they did not disappoint. They are the cutest and most flattering sets you will find for in or out of the house. So I have the cotton brief. I have the t-shirt. I actually wore the t-shirt to like a photo shoot last week. And it looked so snatched and cute. Everyone was, And it was just like not something I would normally wear. Skims is always just like encouraging me to push the boundaries of what I can and should wear. And I've always been a big fan of their bras and undies. I'm wearing one of the bras right now. Their relaxation bras, their t-shirt bras. They're creating the next generation of loungewear for everybody. Not you casually so dropping that you had a photo shoot. 
Yeah, no, I did. Had a, thank you for picking that up. What I was putting down, I did have a photo shoot, yes. It was more of like a video shoot, you know, secret project vibes. Um, I tried the cotton t-shirt from Skims. It is the best t-shirt I have ever owned. I'm really picky about like the fit of my t-shirts. I hate when it rides up or if you wear it like a bunch, then it gets misshapen. But the Skims t-shirt is a game changer. It hugs my body perfectly. So the search for the perfect t-shirt is over. Also, um, it's their most tagged collection, the General Cotton Collection. So it's made with the classic cotton fabric for comfortable everyday wear. It's made with ultra soft and natural fibers. So the Cotton Collection features elevated lounge pieces designed for comfort indoors and out. They are available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. So believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. The Cotton Collection and more are available now at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on order is over $75. After you place your order, be sure to let them know that we sent you. So select podcast in the survey and select the toast in the drop-down menu that follows. Today's episode is also brought to you by Thrive Market, our go-to for all of our organic, grocery, and household essentials. And the convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to our doorstep is, of course, a huge time saver. As Thrive Market members, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save 30% each time. Obviously, once you become a mother, you really need to like have groceries stocked in the house all the time. And that's why I'm always at Jackie's house, like munching on things, munching on Harry's snacks. You need all kinds of things, snacks, and you want healthy items too. Like you want the organic cheddar crisps. Right. And Thrive has everything and everything is so healthy so you don't have to like start trolling the grocery aisles like looking at all the ingredients for everything and like trying to figure out what's bad for you, what's good for you. Like Thrive does all that work for you. On top of the massive savings on each order, Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily that gives us cash back on so many brands and they have a price match guarantee. So not only does Thrive Market save us money, but they also save us time. We love the filters on their website. There are over 70. So whether you're looking for certain certified gluten-free snacks, non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can basically curate your own shopping experience with the click of a button and trust that it's made with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. Plus, when you join Thrive Market, you're helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. So you join and they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash the toast for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash the toast. Thrivemarket.com slash the toast. Great. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story, Wimbledon weekend. Oh, yes. It was a big weekend across the pond at the Wimbledon tennis match. Lots of stars studded the event. I would say highlight Ari was there. Ariana Grande yeah. was spotted at Wimbledon, but without her wedding ring, which is sparking marriage concerns from her fans. Also, Brad Pitt was there, Tom Hiddleston, Andrew Garfield, Jonathan Bailey. It was very star studded. It was. Yeah, no, Wimbledon is so elevated. Like, it's just already, like, the U.S. Open is so, you know, like, celeb-filled and it's very highbrow. But, like, the Wimbledon takes it up one one level. Like, it's so, like, foreign and, like, you know. I think it's also the royal element. Like, there's yes. a royal box. The royal family is always in attendance in some way. And this year, George and Charlotte were there being so cute. Yeah, but let's talk about Ariana Grande. Because one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to forget she's married. Like, she married, you know, a civilian, so that's just going to happen when when that happens. She's not, like, super public, which is usually a good sign. Um, I'm, so I don't know what to think in terms of her marriage. I'd be lying if I said, like, I cared so much. Like, I love Ari, but, like, her marriage is, just, like, something I, like, literally forget. Yeah, I that makes sense. I just hope that 
she's okay, you know? But the thing yeah. is, I, now that I'm a married woman, like, I never wear my ring. Even True. when, like, right now, it, I don't think it would fit, but, um, <laughs> and if it did, it would be very painful. But even when it does fit, like, I just don't wear it all the time. However, if I was going to Wimbledon, and I was a celebrity, and people take my picture, and then comment on if I'm still married or not, Maybe I would throw it on. But then I would feel like I'm not just doing it so that people don't – you know what I mean? It could really go either way. Yeah, but I do think um, it's possible for, like, a married woman not to, like, always be wearing her ring. But, like, I really wear it every day. Like, I would say – I would argue, like, most people do. Women. For some reason, men get a free pass. It's, I feel like, like it's, I feel like men wear theirs every day. Well, I think uh, if Ben tried to take his off, he would literally have to go to the fire department. Like, it would not come off. <laughs> I think that's, like, for most men, like, it just doesn't come off. That's great. But, like, for women, you take it off because it's, like, bigger and... So nice. Yeah. And you can't risk it. Like, Ben sleeps in his. I don't. But it's, like, she's not wearing any rings. Like, maybe she was just having a minimalist jewelry day. I can relate to that personally. No, that's possible. This is not a confirmation, but it's definitely, you know, worth discussing. Yeah, and I feel like I've seen some blind items. But I don't um, know if they're from Dumas or Enti because I follow them both on Instagram. I think they're Enti. Mm-hmm. That and what he's are they just like not being a good husband right now. Damn. Trouble in paradise vibes. Well, it's worth mentioning, you know, we Ari's kind of been quiet because she's been working super hard on her role as Glinda the Good Witch in Wicked the movie, which is supposed to come out in five years. Um, the strike has obviously caused delays in that. So I don't know if that means the movie will be even, you know, further delayed in terms of its release, which is just annoying. Um, but so I'm glad she's, you know, getting some time off, going to Wimbledon, being fabulous, sitting with, it was clearly like a celebrity box because they were all, she was next to, uh, Jonathan Bailey and behind Tom Hiddleston. Like she, it was, you know, yeah, in a good spot. She was with the peeps. Yeah. And, and she's not really like an out and about girly these days. Like she doesn't really like socialize, go to, go, go to events. So it was like, kind of crazy to see her there. She doesn't do trips to the Cape. Right. Her social events calendar is just like not that booked. Yeah, but it's like she's filming in London or the UK and they're not working right now because of the strike. Wimbledon is happening. Why not, Ari? No, if I was like a celebrity who would get invited to like any sort of like cool event with, you know, special privileges, like you bet your ass I'm going. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So I loved seeing her out about. She looked gorgeous. She's obviously keeping the blonde hair for Glinda, hoping that the strike will be over soon so she just gets back into character. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing her out. I don't know what it means for her marriage, but, like, again, I I don't, like, care so much. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then also Kate Middleton was making headlines. One for slaying. Yeah. Again, slayed them once and she'll slay them again. Two, she was was teary-eyed as she watched the final women's match. Did you see her crying? Oh, no, I didn't. She had tears in her eyes. It was a very emotional match, I guess, because both women, like, would like if they had won, it would have been historic. Both right. have, like, really compelling stories. And then for the one who lost, like, it was even more sad yeah. because of how far they came. Well, that's the thing about sports. Like, they're low-key, like, always making me cry. Like, whenever I'm watching anything on ESPN, like, they always have some sad story, you know? Like, so I think Kate is just human, and it's nice to see her, you know, be one of us. For sure, and I feel like that's how people feel, but, you know, it does probably break royal protocol. Like, you never saw Queenie crying. That's so true. Like, not even, yeah, you're right. Like, not even at Diana's funeral, I think the boys were not even crying, like, outright. I'm sure they were, but. Yeah, or they go to, like, they go to memorials all the time. Yeah. 
So she was obviously Damn. very overcome. However, That's true. I didn't think about the protocol. I'm, I'm sh- I wonder if there's like a loophole where it's like this isn't an official public appearance. She's just like an attending an event. Like That's even though true. it's probably not done to cry in public as a royal, like it's not like she was at an official royal engagement being emotional. The thing is, anytime one of the royal family members breaks protocol and it's like a, a protocol that's dumb and like a clearly archaic, I think it endears them to people. Because, you know, some some could say, you know, I guess like a, a critique they have of the royal family and mostly Kate is like they're robotic, you know, like they're just like not human. And so to see someone, you know, feeling emotions that I think a lot of us have felt watching, you know, high stakes tennis, I think it really humanizes her. So if anything, I think it's good for the family. I think that that's how people feel, but um, I think this should just be a one-time thing. Ooh. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. I personally don't mind it, but then, then it begs the question, like, if you cry for one thing, like, then, oh, you didn't cry for this, but you cried for that. You think tennis is more sad than this, you know? That's actually true. That's actually so, true. It's a slippery slope. It is. Well, I guess Wimbledon is over because the guy's thing is over and the women's thing is over. So oh, yeah. it was a fabulous and they had weekend. Their, they had their little, like, ball last night with the two winners – I yeah. saw their picture. No, and I didn't keep up, but, like, I saw a bunch of stuff on TikTok. Novak Djokovic, who, like, wins every year. Um, and I kind of just have beef with him. Like, I can't explain why. I just, like, I don't know. I don't I don't like him. Like, anytime – I just feel like he's – like, I just – I have beef with him. I can't explain it. I mean, he lost, so that was cool. Oh, I don't have beef with him. And – Just, like, his face, like, bothers me. Oh. The person who won, Carlos Alcaraz – yeah. What was his story? I didn't follow anything from the, the actual tennis. Super young, you know, super green. It was like a really big deal. Like he, it was basically like the old guard versus the new guard. It was in his speech when he was, you know, you have to make a speech in front of the person you just beat, which is always awkward. He was, you know, saying how worthy of a competitor Djokovic was, you know, when he's been watching Djokovic since he was born. And I don't think he meant to be shady, but like it definitely came across a little shady, like calling Djokovic like old. Yeah. It's hard when you admire someone and yeah, you it's did so awkward them, when you did watch them growing up. Like there's no kind way to say it. No, it's so awkward when like you beat your hero and it doesn't happen a lot. But like what it does, like I genuinely feel uncomfortable for the hero. Yeah, but there's no kind way to say it. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think um, he was speaking in English, which is not his first language. So he wasn't being like super PC. I don't think Djokovic, you know, I don't think he was offended. That's good. I feel like yeah. when you're, I don't know. I feel like he can save his offense, like, for the court, you know? Right, right. Like, words can't hurt him. No. But ever since I started playing pickleball, my um, phone obviously knows that. So I've been getting, like, a lot of tennis content on TikTok. Got it. Well, that's good that TikTok kept you abreast. Yeah. And Kate's outfit, the the uh, the, the green day, the green, the mint green. Mm. Sublime. Too much for this world. Sublime. Sublime. Yeah. I wonder where William was. Hopefully getting hair transplant. Doing Willie Tings. I wouldn't want him to get a hair transplant. It's too late now, but like they should have been more proactive. You think so? I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. I feel like... I also feel like it's against protocol. Like, if the queen had wanted to have a facelift, could she? It's an amazing question. I want to say no, because it seems like an uh, like a cosmetic procedure. Any cosmetic procedure has um, oh, it's potential risks. 
when you're going under anesthesia. I don't know if you go under anesthesia for um, hair transplant. Mm-hmm. I actually think you just get like a Valium or something. You know, I don't think you do, but I'm just saying I feel like there's something about changing your appearance as a senior royal. No, that's interesting. Okay, but a hair you can't transplant even wear is nail different. polish. A hair transplant is different than a facelift. I think if Queenie wants to get a facelift, like there might have been some, you know, red tape only because it is like a risk at a certain age or any age to go under anesthetic. Like it's just you never know. Um, so for that reason, I could see there, you know, being protocol issues. But I don't know. I think a hair transplant might have been safe. Like, do you think they can get Botox? So, yes, I think that at this point, like, Kate could get Botox as long as, like, she's not doing anything drastic. Radical. Looking to the public. I I feel like there's something about, like, changing or Like, what if she wanted to dye her hair? Or any of the kids? No, that's what I'm saying. He couldn't do it now because it's so obvious. Like, but if he had started to lose hair and, like, they could see what happened with Charles, like, maybe they could have been more proactive and he'd have a full head of hair and it wouldn't, wouldn't, nobody would have ever thought, you know? Charles has a nice head of hair, though. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you look at your ancestry. Like, hair is genetic. Got it. I don't know. It doesn't bother me so much. Like, why can't he be bald? Like, he can. He totally, totally can. And maybe it's disarming to have, like, a king who's not so perfectly handsome. Like, maybe. Because, you know, all human beings are flawed, and it's a way of connecting with the common man. Yeah. But I don't know. When you look back on photos of young William, he was so handsome with, like, his blonde, like, thick, luscious hair. And I don't know. I just think maybe I need AI to put uh, together a photo for me of what Prince William would look like right now if he had a full head of hair. And then I'll make my decision. I just feel like if he had a fake full head of hair, like people would clown on him. Jackie, hair transplants have come such a long way. I know so many people who have them. You would never know. If I told you some of the people that I know that you know that have hair transplants, you would never know. Got it. I just want to say for the record, I don't think that he should have hair transplants or needs them. I think he looks great. And he's aging naturally. It's gorgeous. Not everyone has to be a Kardashian. No, no, no. But I love those girls, too. But it'd be nice if everybody was. (laughs) No, I disagree. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm I'm obviously kidding. Okay, great. I wonder if Kate could have extensions. Good question. But she's always had, like, hair hasn't been an issue for her. She's always had gorgeous locks. Or so we thought. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Kind of breaking the internet, Kylie Jenner and Jordan Woods reunited. They enjoyed dinner together at a sushi restaurant four years after the Tristan cheating scandal ruined their friendship and left the Kardashians fuming. The former best friends dined together at a sushi restaurant in L.A. on Saturday night. Daily Mail has photos of it. Um, They were seen leaving the restaurant. Looks like a very casual restaurant. The girlies look gorgeous. They're smiling. I think they drove together. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, is the friendship back on? Well, I have to assume this is not the first time they're getting back together, you know, since the scandal. I'm sure they've had many conversations or, like, hangouts in private before officially going into, like, a public place. You're not going to have, like, your big reunion in public. So, for me, this proved that these two have been incommunicado for a while. I'm not sure how long. I mean, I'm happy. I feel like... If I were Jordan, I would be, like... Because Jordan really got the shit end of the stick in the whole thing. Like, I think that... The family did, like, everything they could in that moment to, like, 
keep Chloe's family intact because like she did get back together with him I think there was really no way they could have even tried again to be a family true Chloe and Kristen if Jordan was still in the picture so it's like Jordan had to kind of take the 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 heat um and I think Kylie was also like a victim in this too because it was like completely out of her control she had to side with her sister of course because like Jordan was wrong but like that was like her best best friend so I don't know. This was like such a complicated mess. This was just reminding me of like that time, like when we were in Utah and this whole thing happened and she went on Red Table talking to me to do an emergency toast. Like it was so crazy. It was so crazy. I do feel like enough time has passed that like they could move forward from the incident itself. But I feel like for them, the bigger fallout is the fact that they haven't been friends for so long like that's kind of hard to come back from I agree that if they're spotted out together I feel like they called the paparazzi to get pictures of them together because it's not like they're at Nobu Malibu they're it looks like they're in like an outdoor mall yeah like the sushi restaurants on the second floor yeah I also feel like based on what we're seeing this season on the Kardashians like the idea of Chloe and Tristan getting back together is like so not ever gonna happen and I think for a while it was like will they won't they and now it's like settled like these two people are not gonna be together ever um so it's like it's like a safer environment for Jordan to come back into yes I I don't feel like it's like Tristan was the whole issue like oh if Jordan's around then Tristan and Jordan are like you know but it's like so no no but it's so awkward it's so awkward but I also think that how the, the way things were handled like in the immediate aftermath also weren't great on Jordan's end. I feel like she probably didn't know what to do or where to turn. Yeah. But one, like, I actually had just watched this episode recently, which is why I'm going to remember it pretty well. But she, like, wasn't being entirely honest mm-hmm. right after it happened about, like, what happened. Chloe, I think it was ultimately Tristan who, like, came clean about everything. And then before even talking to Chloe or ever talking to Chloe, she went on Red Table Talk and just, like, made it bigger and had this public conversation that like should have at least been private first. So I think yeah. that that also upset the girls because you really can, you can kiss someone and make a mistake and you're young. Yeah, and, of course. And you're out and you're drunk and, and things happen. No. And like now in hindsight, it's so not a big deal. Um, But that's what time does. Like time heals. But like back then it was so crazy and it's just really not that crazy. And you know, like I think, you know, in this whole situation, we looked at, Jordan as like the person the villain like she did something wrong and like she did for sure but like now in hindsight like she was so young Tristan's so much older than her like she was drunk like it's like it's you really can just chalk it up to like making a mistake when you're really young you know yeah no I feel like people understood that and we all knew like this is Tristan's fault the difference is is that like regardless of how badly Tristan fucks up, like, he's True's dad and he's going to come around and he has to come around. Like, if your friend betrays you, like, you don't ever have to see them again. And that's why after a year, like, of groveling and apologizing and being around, like, if Jordan had been around for a whole year, it would have been different too. But, like, she, they just went their separate ways. Yeah. I do also, um, I feel like a lot of people feel this way because like Jordan obviously like left the Kardashian universe, but she still was like a public figure influencer and she seems so happy. She's in like a really healthy relationship that's been like going on for many, many years. She's like a successful business person. So it's nice to see that like, you know, maybe she did need to kind of fly on her own for Mm -hmm. a bit. Like she was always just like Kylie's sidekick and nothing really, nothing more than that. And so in you know, life's most challenging times. Like, you really rise like a phoenix. So I think it was actually, you know, all in all, everything that happens for a reason. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. It's a really hard lesson to learn, and it's like a hard way to get a positive outcome. But I would agree yeah. that sh- her standing is great on her own. Yeah. I don't know how you like actually reconnect a friendship with someone when you've literally stopped talking to them for five years. Like even I don't the closest know. of people. Mm-hmm. How awkward. I don't know either. When you're not one, related to them. I know. On the one hand, that's how I feel. Like, how could you even forgive, like, the last five years? Not even just, like, what happened in the aftermath that, like, you didn't want to be my friend for five years. But I also, we were just talking about this feeling how you could be, like, so mad at someone. But, and then you're, like, with them and you remember why you love them and you have, like, the best time together. And these two were, like, sisters in terms of how well they got along and for how long. And all that anger just sort of lifts. Oh, 100%. But then there's just the you know, the years that have gone by to people who were, you know, very young. So what, they're 25 now, they were 21 or 20. Like you changed so much. So you're literally sitting down with a person who used to be your sister, who used to live with you. And they're so different. They're literally a different person. I don't think they're so, I don't think they're different people than when they were friends. I actually think those are like transformative years. They are, but like these girls are Hollywood girls. They grow up fast. I think Jordan is so different now than the person she was like the person she was was like sidekick energy perhaps just probably yes maybe jordan but i feel like kylie's very similar she was already a mom maybe Maybe, she's already kylie cosmetics like i feel like she's grown up more but the same girl yeah it's just awkward it is awkward but i'm rooting for these two chloe posted like a bunch of her inspirational quotes last night about forgiveness and healing so she's fine okay good Okay, good. Yeah. I love to check in on Chloe and her inspirational quotes. Yeah, she'll always tell you what she's feeling through an inspirational quote. This is one of my favorite ones that Chloe ever posted, and I believe it was her Instagram bio for 10 years. I think we all know it. I crave a love so deep the ocean would be jealous. And that's our cringy queen, you know? Yeah. It is. It's giving Sheena Marie Shea, like, energy, you know, with the quotes. It really is. But I'm happy, you know, everyone seems to be on good, on good in a good place with each other now, you know, 10 years later. Harmony. Harmony. Another theme of today. Maybe they were inspired by Strice Fest 2023. Perhaps. Are you ready for our next story? Is it our third? Third. Cool. Yeah, I'm ready. Ben Platt cuts an interview oh, short. Obsessed. Obsessed with this story. Ben Platt cuts an interview short over a Nepo baby question. So Ben Platt did an interview with the Rolling Stone, which was published Friday. It was supposed to be, and it was about his new show movie called Theater Camp. And it was cut short after the reporter asked him about a past article referring to him as a Nepo baby. So we all remember the cover, New York Magazine, Nepo baby. They had a bunch of like babies in cribs and celebrity heads on them with some of the biggest Nepo babies in the industry. The reporter said, you were on the cover of New York Magazine's Nepo baby issue. I'm curious, what was your response to that? And what did you make of that whole discourse? He responded, we're going to skip right over that if we can. After the reporter confirmed that Ben had no comment, the actor's publicist chimed in to request the interview stick to his questions about his client's film, Theater Camp. Then the interview abruptly ended about halfway through the predetermined 45-minute time slot, according to the Rolling Stone. Okay, this is so fucking losery of Ben Platt. Like, I literally have never had less respect for an answer in my life. First of all, because now we're all talking about this, whereas, like, if he had just answered the question, I doubt it would have even gotten picked up if he had just said, oh, I thought it was funny or whatever. Like, this, he made it a bigger moment, which is just bad publicity. Second of all, like, 
oh my God, it's not that serious. Like I think, and the, the proven track record when we had that whole Nepo baby conversation was like the people who came out on top were like the people who laughed at it. Gwyneth Paltrow, Haley Baldwin, like the people who, you know, were in on the joke. But to take yourself so seriously and like, Ben Platt is kind of like the number one example of Nepo baby. Like his dad literally produced the Dear Evan Hansen movie. Like it's, it's, and that doesn't take away. He is, what are we always saying? He's literally one of the most talented people in Hollywood right now. Like he's such a star. It does not take away, but like, my God, your dad is literally a a movie producer. Like you couldn't have a bigger leg up if you fucking tried, bitch. Like, so to not only like, like deny it, but to like avoid talking about it, Honestly, now it makes me question your talent. Like, for real. Like, what oh, are you hiding? wow. I feel... No, this is so losery. I'm such a big Ben Platt fan. Like, I couldn't have been more disappointed in this answer if he fucking tried. Oh, yeah. The answer is disappointing. I'm a smaller Ben Platt fan than you. And I actually, I feel a couple different ways about this. One, I agree. If he just answered the question, said anything, it wouldn't have gotten picked up. It's just, like, buried in a random interview with Ben right. Platt. Like, who really gives a shit? Who cares? I think a part of him is so entitled that he thought that when he said, like, we're not talking about that in this interview that he thinks everyone's going to respect that and that we would never have heard about it like published that it. the journalist would have felt like weird that they asked the question they would have just like taken it from the record and then continued on with the interview but I feel like yeah. he hasn't gotten a lot of pushback in his career on anything because you know he is very talented and, and he's a nepo baby and he's a nepo baby and he's also very like industry like he gets invited to the Met Gala and it's like why you know no it's so true and I think part of being like a really big Ben Platt fan is knowing and, like, having to just, like, live with the fact that, you know, it's not confirmed or anything, but, like, there aren't, like, amazing stories from fans interacting with Ben Platt. Like, I've seen many videos where he denies people taking pictures. Like, he like one of his, like, he doesn't take pictures with people. He's definitely, like, not, you know, like, really grounded and, like, you know, does it for the fans, you know? He's kind of one of those, like, artsy-fartsy, like, kind of snobby, I do it for the art, you know? Yeah. So you just have to be a Ben Platt fan and, like, know that and, like, just be okay with it. Like, it's just kind of like a fact of life. Um... And just to be confronted with that entitlement and like we can't look away now, you know, we thus far we've all been just like kind of ignoring what we what we know about Ben Platt. Yeah, but I will say like if when I think about Ben Platt as a Nepo baby, obviously he has had a lot of doors open for him on the back end that helped his career. But he is genuinely so talented. Like, even just, he wrote Devin Hansen, Dear Evan Hansen, he starred in it before it was ever a terrible movie that his dad produced. Like, wait, he wrote the play? Yeah, it's like his play. No, I think they wrote it for him. I'm like 90% sure. Who he wrote it for it. him? Um, I know it's Pasek and Paul. They did the music. Yeah. Who wrote Dear Evan Hansen? Steven Levinson. Yes, I knew that. Oh, I thought he like created it. No, he literally wrote okay. it for Ben Platt. <laughs> that like, changes things. Yeah. No, but so but okay, he's he undeniably. He's, he has an amazing he, voice. He is undeniably extremely extraordinarily talented and none of this you know his it doesn't take away from that but it is a fact and so to just ignore it like what are you doing okay I really thought that he like was responsible for dear Evan Hansen I mean he was like the ideation like it's different to be a talented actor I mean his singing is really what sets him apart yeah because I feel like when it comes to actor Nepo babies like a lot of people could act and it's like really it's just about opportunity which Nepo yes. babies have that other people who can also act don't have. Yes. So I was just trying to give him credit as being like a very talented Nepo baby. And he is. 
but like this is really like this is he's having a bad day and he's also yeah. clearly a diva so it's like yes I, I think you know things are flying in his apartment like things are being no a hundred percent and like now his character I think would be like called into question and anytime anybody and this is what happens like with the cycle of the internet anytime anybody has had like a negative interaction with Ben Platt like it will now oh, go viral yeah. again now it's the reckoning Ben Platt is over party Right, like that's just what, so you really, like once your character gets called into question, everybody gives their opinion and everybody gives their experience with you. And I don't think he has an overwhelming amount of like, I met Ben Platt and it changed my life moment, you know? Yeah. So this was a huge mistake. I, you're right, he probably like is not the type of person you could like, his publicist would be like, listen, I think it would actually just be a better tactic if we just like announce, like if we just directly addressed it head on, moving on. No one will notice. But now, and now we've said it. Now we're all talking about it. Yeah, I don't know how, what he's going to do to navigate out of it. Like a statement. Hope it dies it's down. so awkward. I think he's going like, to say something because I think he's, he's probably really struggling with all this backlash. He's never really had no. backlash before. And you want to know why? I think he's one of the people, like we know, you know, Dakota Johnson's parents. Like he's kind of one of those Nepo babies who like flew under the radar for a really long time. Like people were like, oh my God, he's so talented. Can't believe he was discovered. And like he was kind of one of those people because his dad isn't like, you know, a blockbuster movie star. He's more behind the scenes, which is just as powerful, but not as recognizable. So he really got away with like people not knowing he was a Nepo baby for like, unless you're like a really big Ben Platt fan, like, you know, but most of the time, like I don't think people really knew. And that article kind of blew it over been for him like this it was kind of this like you know secret ish but now it's not because of the article and the cover I think he was one of the babies on the he cover was one like, of the babies on the cover yeah so because he really like that article really kind of blew up his was spot. like an exposed it blew up his spot yeah so of all the people who were named to that article like he kind of you know it was the biggest expose on him in my opinion yeah I think he's gonna put out a statement and be like I was wanting to focus on my film, theater camp. We've worked really hard on this project and I didn't want for, it. To, no, for the cast and the crew and the lighting director. Yeah, they're always blaming it on the cast and the crew. And the lighting and craft services. Everyone yeah. worked really hard on this project and I didn't want anything to take away from it. I'm like, sorry if it, that came off, you know, in any other way other than trying to support my movie. No, and to be honest, if that's what he does, like, that's such, like, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I will be so disappointed. I actually don't think he will respond. I think I the statement will say everyone worked really – I think there will be a quote, like, everyone worked really hard on this movie. No, it's entirely possible that you're <laughs> right. Cause, and if he does release a statement, he's 100% going to, you know, of course, you got to throw the cast and crew under the bus. Um, you wouldn't be a real star if you didn't. <laughs> um <laughs> But I actually don't think he will respond. <laughs> I think he will. What do you think he's going to, how is he going to worm his way out? Like he's not, he's never been the type of person who like releases statements or plays like the game. He will just move on from this. But I think everyone did work really hard on the movie. No, and, I know. And what and, about, what about the cast and crew? And I think that's what he was trying to say when he brutally rebuffed the journalist. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, like, so shady that they kept that in. Like, I'm living for it. But, like, I think a lot of publications who have, like, really good relationships with certain publicists, like, they would have cut that out. Yeah. I wonder why they wanted to just bury him. Actually, I guess it's because then the interview ended. And it was, like... Right. Why? We don't have enough content to, like, to, like, publish this interview. So let's just say what happened. No, and, like, let's be real, like, an expose, not an expose, like, an, an, you know, 90-minute interview or however long it was, 45-minute interview with Ben Platt about, like, his movie coming out that nobody's heard of, like, 
you know, this is a business. You know, we're trying to get clicks. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think his answer is so indicative of the entitlement that people, like the issue people have with Nepo babies, which is that entitlement. And like the way he responded was so dismissive. Yeah. Um, it really, like, it was the whole issue in a, in a nut, you know? Yeah, it's it it's very true. He could have just been like, I thought it was really funny. I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that I've yeah. had, but I also know that I work really hard. And, yeah, everybody, I mean, and everybody on this movie worked really hard, too. No, and <laughs> the thing is, like, we like a few months ago, we had this Nepo baby boom. Like, it was just Nepo baby, Nepo baby, Nepo baby. And so many different Nepo babies spoke out, and certain people got backlash, and cer- certain people were, like, applauded for how they responded. Like, Allison Williams on... Um, Watch Happens Live was really applauded for for her answer. So there's literally a playbook now. Like if you want to just get away unscathed, follow the Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. Follow, you know, there's certain people who you could follow. The, oh, the work was done for you. The work was literally done for you. You didn't do any interviews during the time when the Nepo baby boom was happening. Now a few months later, literally the, the work has been done. So just choose an answer to copy and do it. Yeah. It's lazy. It's lazy show business at this point. I could see a world where Ben Platt doesn't think he's a Nepo baby. Me too. Because he believes he's so talented that that's just a coincidence. That he- there, And I, be- I believe a world in which Ben Platt was born to, you know, a father who worked in a factory and he pursued music and he still got as famous. Like, yes. so the thing is, it re- it's, he's undeniably talented. So now it's just like, is he a shitty person? That's what that, his question is not, his talent is not coming into question now. His character is. Yeah. Like he still could have gotten the lead role as Dear Evan Hansen with yep. no connections. Yep. I, 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 I really think believe that's that. That's what he tells himself too. And, and so he does, like, it's not like he wants to make light of the Nepo baby thing because he doesn't identify as one. That's actually a really good point. So that's how Ben sees it. Literally. Are you ready for our next story? No. No. No, I'm not. Because do you, the think next story is, do you think you'll ever be ready? Yeah, give me uh, 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the next story is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. From pricing to technology, everything that ZipRecruiter does, does for you and what works best for you. So if you're hiring, you're currently dealing with, an ec- with economic uncertainty. And now more than ever, it's important to hire the right people faster and more efficiently to keep overall costs down. Thankfully, there's a hiring partner who is focused on you and your ne- needs, and it's ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com toast. Here's how ZipRecruiter prioritizes your needs. They offer straightforward pricing so you know what you pay before posting your job so you can stick to your budget so there's no no surprises. You're also reaching more qualified people. ZipRecruiter is sending your job posts to over 100 job sites. You can find great candidates faster, so their smart technology identifies the best matches for your job, and you can beat out the competition for talent. ZipRecruiter lets you invite candidates that you really want to apply to your job before other businesses can snag them. So hire the best with the help of a partner who's all about you, ZipRecruiter. You know, Jax and I run a business. We know the importance of hiring the best candidates, the most qualified candidates, the people who you jive with the most. And it can be really, really hard to find the right people. But four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to our exclusive link to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash toast. Again, that's ZipRecruiter, Z-I-P Recruiter.com slash toast. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Today's episode is also brought to you by Vegamore. We are always trying to do right by our bodies. So when it comes to our hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, we get products that are made with clean ingredients and give us visibly healthy hair and scalp. 
So with Vegamore, we are able to have visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair without the wash, the, without the harsh ingredients. All Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free, and they are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. So I feel like during your first pregnancy, you really got into like the clean beauty movement, and now you're just like implementing it in your everyday life. I am personally struggling with like hair shedding these days, and so many people recommended the Grow Kit from... Vegamore, so I've been using it for a few months now. Um, their value kits, like the Grow Essentials Kit, is when you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need to take care of your hair. Vegamore Grow has a hair serum that you use daily. I use it daily. It goes to your scalp. It does not make your hair oily. You have to be really consistent with it, so like don't forget. Um, but I love it, and it's really um, great to add to your routine if you want your most beautiful, healthy-looking hair. Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. Give yourself the hair you never thought you could have with Vegamore. For a limited time, the Toast listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash toast and using code toast at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash toast, code toast to save 20% off your first order. Vegamore.com slash toast, code toast. Thank you, Claudia. Our next story, have you seen the new episode of I'm Just Like That? Oh, I started it last night, but it was painful, so I stopped. Okay, that's okay. Sex in the City recycles another actor as eagle-eyed oh, fans spot Carrie's latest and just like that love interest is Charlotte's Randy Synagogue suitor from the 2003 Sex in the City episode, and the actor is Peter Herman. So Peter Herman was yeah. in Sex in the City in 2003 when Charlotte like had converted to Judaism but broke up with Harry. Then she goes to the synagogue to try and meet a nice Jewish boy. She meets Peter Herman, who's really nice, but makes her realize like he's not Harry, and he'll never be Harry. No. But then on this week's episode, Peter Herman is Carrie's love interest and he is like not the same guy he's in the show twice. Yeah, there are many inconsistencies when it comes to actors repeating. I believe Justin Thoreau uh, is in it twice as two completely different characters that happened on the original series. And now I see on TikTok a lot of people pointing out just like random inconsistencies with the writing from the new series. Like in season one, Lisa Todd Wexley talked about how hard it was when her dad passed away. And then in season two, um, she throws a dinner and her dad is there. So like it's just... You're lying. Yeah, there's so many inconsistencies. Um, It's just lazy. It is lazy, and this isn't the first time it's happened in Sex and the City. There's a, two other instances um, that they cited. And I feel like it also happens, I feel like on Friends, you had said. Yes, it happens a lot on Friends. But here's my um, thing. That guy, what's that actor's name? He's like John Le- Legum- Leguizamo. John oh, Leguizamo. He, he plays like four different characters. Got it. Well, I feel like they know that this is happening. It's not an accident. Like, Peter Herman could be like, by the way, I know I did Sex in the City. Go to IMDb. 20 years ago. Like, he remembers his roles. I feel like in this situation, it would have actually been fine if he played the same guy. And when he meets Charlotte, yeah. he should be like, oh, I think we met a million years ago at synagogue. And just, like, reference it because there was nothing wrong with that guy that he can't be Carrie's boyfriend now. Right. Okay, wait, what are the other two um, times that they reference in the article? Okay, um, AJ Mehta, who played a waiter who propositioned Samantha, later played Seema's father. Oh my god. <laughs> and William Abadi, who played Tony the Prada guy, later Seema's love interest, Zed. Oh, yes, yes, and he was like a main, not a main character, but he had like 
multiple episodes. He, he like a lot of these guys are in one episode, out the next. As Seema's boyfriend, he was in like four episodes across oh, season one and two. Yeah, I see him. I uh, I need to see him as Tony the Prada guy because I wonder yeah. if, if he's another one where it like would have made sense. Like, could this guy's name be Tony that Seema's dating? But this to me feels like really I because I remember the episode Peter Herman was in, and now mm-hmm. he's just like a nice guy. Carrie seeing, I'm assuming. Um, why can't it be the same nice guy? Yeah, and be like Charlotte, be like, oh, I know him. He goes to my synagogue. The end. Yeah. The end. The end. It's a small town. New York is a small town. It is. I mean, I'm so happy Peter Herman is still getting work. Like, the way I love that man would take a bullet for him the nine times over. The fact that it's Peter Herman makes me not upset because it's like, yep. if it were someone else, I'd be like, can't you find another actor? But with Peter but Herman, he's like, irreplaceable. He's, you can't. He's irreplaceable. He literally Like, is. I would put Peter Herman in my show over and over again. He would play every role. He'd literally be like Tyler Perry in Medea. Like, he would be every <laughs> single role. Peter Herman's Medea. Literally, that's how talented this man is. I totally agree. And I actually think he's the perfect suitor for Carrie, like, at this stage in her life, based on what I've seen. Like, uh, by the way, I agree. I'm here for all of it. Especially, it's giving Charles from Younger. It's giving Charles from Younger. I love how Peter Herman, like, is probably such a dynamic actor, and he literally plays the same role in everything. Just, like, wealthy New York gentleman. He's only <laughs> ever shooting in New York. He's always on SVU. He's on Blue Bloods. He's in Sex and the City. Like, he's exclusively a New York actor. No, he's never playing the villain. Actually, that would be a really good tool. Plot if, twist. If you're doing, like, a thriller, cast Peter Herman as the villain, because we would never see it coming. Because he's literally America's sweetheart. Also, Peter Herman is a Darren star girly from Younger yes. and Sex and the City. So I'm sure Darren knew that Peter had been in Sex and the City before. Like, it's not, this what this didn't slip through the cracks. They were just like, yeah. we don't care. Right. Speaking of New York City television shows, Real Housewives of New York premiered last night. Yes. I watched up until the first commercial break because Zach had oh. wanted to watch. And then I went to sleep. Um, so I, I didn't see enough to judge it. Okay. I didn't watch. What I saw, like, I, I wasn't, you know, guffawing. But it's not fair. I, I saw five minutes. Uh, I did watch Crappy Lake over the weekend um, with Ben and Brian. Jackie, I was cackling. Like, literal belly laughing. These two are just stars. And what I really like... Um, I feel like shows like that where it's like Hollywood goes to small town. They really like more often than not like will mock small town yeah. life. And and I don't know. It just feels like rude. But what's so interesting is that the reason they chose Benton, Illinois is like the showrunner, I think, for Housewives and like for a big production company is from Benton. And he cares so much about his hometown. And they really never recovered after COVID. Like all the shops closed. There's like no life, no tourism. And the people in the town were like to this – showrunner like you know celebrities like help us and it's it's so far so complimentary of the town it's like important to this guy that they protect like the legacy of Benton and it's not they're not mocking this way of life they're not making fun of it and I really liked that and Luann and Sonia are just so game for anything and they're so funny like we were they're putting together like an end the whole they have five weeks there and at the final week they're gonna put together like this big you know show for the town like a talent yeah like talent show and so they're like (laughs) All these people are auditioning and they're like being so nice. Like it's really, it's honestly hilarious. So far I'm actually really enjoying it. Oh wow, I'm shocked. I feel like when the news first came out that we said that like sometimes these shows have a way of just like making fun of the people who live there. Um, Yeah. And and I'm not 
interested in watching that, but I will take a wreck from my swirly. Yeah, like, if anything, the people who live there, like, are making, like, they're not laugh. we're not laughing at them, you know? Like, they're really all, and they're all being such good sports, like, loving Luann and Sonia, and it's because I think they don't feel threatened because they know that one of their alumni from their town is going to protect their, their name. That's a nice setup. Yeah, no, it's, I was really shocked, um, but it's, it's so funny. Like, it's really got that simple life energy, but it's got heart. I love that. Okay, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, it's cute and funny. There's only two episodes out, and they're like 22 minutes. I'll probably try and finish the new Rohoney just so that I can fairly assess. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yes. A little crazy crime news. Crazy crime? Crazy crime. The man behind the viral blue and black dress illusion, you know, white and gold. Yeah, blue and black, I heard about this. I heard about this. Has been charged with trying to kill his wife. The Scottish man who rose to fame in 2015 over his mother in law's viral black and blue or golden white dress that divided the internet is now accused of trying to murder his wife. Keir Johnston of the Isle of Collinsay appeared at the High Court in Glasgow on Monday after being charged with the attempted murder of his wife, Grace. He had allegedly committed an 11-year campaign of domestic violence acts oh. and coercive control against Grace, which allegedly led to him trying to kill her last March by pinning her down to the ground and compressing her neck. He denied Ooh. all allegations against him, including that he repeatedly assaulted his wife at their home before brandishing a knife and attempting to strangle her. Other allegations stemming from incidents between April 2019 and March 2022 include allegedly pushing Grace against a wall, shouting, out her, shouting at her, and throttling her. He allegedly tried to get into a vehicle she was in and hit her through an open window, as well as another <gasps> alleged incident where he put his wife in a headlock and dragged her out of a pub after she refused to leave with him. He also isolated her, allegedly, from her friends and family, as well as monitoring her money to decide how much of it she could have access to. The couple Jesus became Christ. yeah they became viral sensations in 2015 after their friend and wedding guest posted a picture to Tumblr of the bride's mother's dress that she wore to the wedding, asking, "Do you see white and gold or black and blue?" All right, we'll talk about the dress in a minute. But like, this is what's just so crazy about the internet is like, you know, anyone from anywhere can become anything and can can become a part of internet history. And you just never think about them afterwards. Um, this is such a horrible story. Like, he literally sounds like. Like, the worst, like, the worst domestic violence abuser, like, I've heard. Like, it's 11 years, like, and it's all documented, and now it, like, got to a place where he literally tried to kill her. Like, literally jail for this man for life. I only wish him the worst. I hope everybody beats him up in jail. I think he's disgusting. What color did you see? White and gold. Wow, okay. So I saw black and blue, like, and I never, I can, I was like, people are lying to me. And then when it was like at its peak virality, I was like drunk in the back of a taxi and like it came across my feed. And for one second, I saw it as white and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So the same thing happened to me. Like, I would look at it all the time, like, white and gold, you guys are blind. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but then something like maybe it was someone's phone next to me where like the exposure was like different. And I just saw it like, through different lighting and I saw the black and blue so I saw what you guys were seeing but I only ever see white and gold so like now every now and then like the photo will come up on, on a meme and be like throwback and when you see it what color do you see white and gold damn I see black and blue that's crazy it really yeah. is the craziest thing no I know and I hate that it's like now tainted like I will not support the dress any longer like like knowing that the originator of it is quite literally like such an evil monster like what you just described is like some of the worst shit I've ever heard in my fucking life I can't support the dress like I can't no I know dress is over party and oh, literally hashtag dress is over party 
Yeah, it's messed up. They were also on Ellen, like... Right. It's really sad. I hope this woman gets justice. And honestly, no, I hope you he's know, in jail for life. This is actually a helpful part of their story because this case is getting a lot of eyeballs. Maybe <gasps> more true. than it would have. And I feel like there might be like this call for justice. Yeah, like no one would be hearing about this like small case in this small town. Um, but now it's a global news story and this man's face and name is everywhere. Yeah. So even if he, God forbid, God forbid, Shalom, like gets off. His name, you know, one Google. Oh, I started seeing this guy. Let's Google him. Boom. Goodbye. Boom. So we need to keep his name in the press. Yeah. So I thought that was crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. It's just like so internet. So true. Well, those are the fast five stories and I feel as though you needed to know them. Now let's do a quick TV recap for the TV show everyone's talking about that came out on Friday. The first three episodes, so annoying, of the summer. I turned pretty. So much hype. So much, you know, anticipation. And I watched all three episodes last night. I got a bunch of DMs from people being like, please talk on the toast about, like, how disappointing it is. Um, And here's the thing. What did they say? Why were they disappointed? People said, um, like, it's clearly not as good as the first season. Um, It's cringe. Now, those things might be true. They might. But I'm certainly blinded by, by my obsession with this story, with these characters, with this show in general. Like, I... Like, I actually, I can't not like it. And I'm, I'm sure, I know there are moments that were cringe. Like, I know. I don't care. Like, it was so good. But I will say, I think one of the last things, and one of the biggest things from last season that people were obsessed with were the music. And I don't even think the people who were putting the music soundtrack together, like, tried that hard. Like, I just think they did, you know, what felt right. But now, because the music became such a big thing... There was so much anticipation for the music that it actually felt like a lot of the music selection to be so obvious to the point where it was like lame. Like she gets in her car and they're playing driver's license. Like, come on, you can do better than that. No, and it's like they did this whole montage of her driving and crying just so they could play the song. And yeah. it's like, it's it's a little heavy handed. And also I feel like she's so young. Does she have her license? Or She like just got it. Okay, I feel like crying and driving. Like, I just took my driver's So test. dangerous. They said, like, you really shouldn't drive in a really emotional state. <laughs> no, so dangerous. Um, it's so true. Like, no, wait. So that just stuck out to me. But no, it did feel like they put in this whole three-minute cry scene in the car just so they could play the song. And I agree with you. Like, maybe they got some natural, organic interest in the, in the soundtrack. But now they're choosing the most obvious songs, I want to say, first okay. of all. Except when it's snowing on the beach, they don't play snow yeah. on the beach. I'm actually glad they didn't because that then I would have been sitting here being like, and it's snow on the beach, and it's snow on the beach. No, like no, I no. actually liked, I, I liked Invisible String. Okay, I maybe because I love that song. When yeah. she was said, it's snowing on the beach, and then like a song comes on, I'm like, snow on the beach. Duh. Duh. Like it actually bothered me that it wasn't. Like you're gonna be so obvious the whole time. At least like give me that. Okay, and then the moment, like, music-wise, that everyone's, like, obsessed with it, I don't know if you got to it. It's, like, we finally see what happened at the funeral. Like, it wasn't even that crazy. Um, but he, like, said, Conrad says some, like, really mean things to her. Like, I knew I knew I never should have started seeing you. Like, you know, you're so dramatic, immature. Ooh. And in the background, yeah, it was really mean. In the background, <laughs> um, they're playing Silver Springs, which is Fleetwood Mac. Um, and it's this song that's, you know, super popular, but it's had, like, a real renaissance with, you know, the the, the Gen Z crowd on TikTok. 
And it's all about, like, you will never get away from the sound of a woman that loves you. Like, it's this woman scorned. She wrote it, and she, you know, what's her name? Uh, Stevie Nicks wrote it about, you know, the guy in her band she was with forever, and he has to come on stage and sing the song that's literally about him, and people are like, yes, female empowerment, whatever. So it's having, like, a whole renaissance. I love, 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 love that song. To see these two 15-year-olds, like, standing in a funeral, like, it was so, honestly, like, it didn't, everyone was like, wait till you get to Silver Springs. And honestly, like, it was cringe as fuck. Like, it's just, like, a really mature song. It's a really serious song. I don't know. It was, like, a little too dramatic for me. So the thing is, what I... One of the best things about the show last season was the music. And I think they know that. And they're just trying a little too hard. Like, the music selections are just, like, really, like, kind of, like... Ever heard of subtlety? Like, right. They're obvious and corny. And also, I feel like some of the greatest shows that would have, like, music accompaniments, like, what I think of, obviously not the greatest shows, but, like, The O.C. and Gossip Girl, it was a mix of, like, popular music at the right time. And also, like, songs you've never heard before that now you're looking up on Spotify and you're listening to over and over again. And, like, they're literally choosing, like, top ten hits. No, Jackie, they had a One Direction song. Did you I hear? know, Steal My Girl. And by the way, I love that song. Love. I love One Direction. But it's just like, it's so Cause, obvious. Because he's taking her away for the night. He stole his girl. And he like really is like stealing her from Jeremiah. You know, there's subtext. Like, there's subtext. You're generous. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought it was like a little too obvious. Now, having said that, I still like ate up every minute of the, the show. Like, I absolutely love the show. I love Belly. I love Conrad. Like, I'm such a Conrad girl. I And I, by the way, not Taylor having like a main role this season. I actually really like Taylor. Um. I like I know that the show is flawed and like people are critiquing it and they're 100% right but like you're really not going to find me disliking it. Okay so what I'll say is I don't remember what my takeaway from the first season was but I must have liked it enough because I watched the whole thing and I only felt warmly towards it so I put on the next season on Saturday and I just hated how it started. They just like the whole thing is in between flashbacks and present day and she's just like so miserable obviously but like we don't understand what's going on. Was the book like that? I don't know, but the thing is, I definitely feel like I'm enjoying the show a lot more because it's because not a you surprise know. to because me. You know. I know everything, so I'm just seeing how they're like taking. I know, the but story I'm just like, okay, what love. happened at the fucking funeral? Like, stop saying the funeral, the funeral. Like, well, at least they didn't make us wait like eight episodes. We find out in the third episode. Okay, cool. I'll I'll catch that later. Um, so I just like wasn't loving the tone or the pace. Um, yeah. I also have to keep in mind, like, this show is not meant for me. I'm twice yeah. Belly's age. So right. it's okay if the tone and the pace don't work right. for me. It's a lighthearted, like, pretty show. Um, but I feel like so much of the magic from the first season was, like, cousins and the sun and the beach and yes. the running. And, like, instead I'm in, like, a smelly old classroom now. Well, that happens in the books, too. It's like you just need them to go back to cousins because it's so magical. But, you know, life happens in the school year. So they're not always at cousins. And, like, it's definitely annoying. Yeah. And everyone's just, like, a little depressed right now. So it's, it's, it's like, it's at a, it's a low, but they're allowed to yeah. be going through stuff. So I just like wasn't obsessed with what I saw so far, but I'll keep watching because it's, you know, well made and they yeah. work hard on it. The cast and crew and the lighting, right, right. the lighting is really nice. It is. It's really beautifully done. But everyone's like quaking over the music, and of course, like Taylor Swift doing her thing on the uh, soundtrack, and agreed, it was just too obvious. And I wasn't, it wasn't stirring emotion. 
you know, it's like back to December and it's Christmas lights. Like it's just so obvious. And like, I love hearing Taylor. That's what I loved about the first season is how much they embraced Taylor. But it was like these deep cuts of Taylor. It wasn't obvious, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like they played Love Story when Jer- when Conrad got up to dance with her at the ball. Like they played The Way I Loved You, like a random deep cut. So it, it wasn't so obvious. And I loved that. I'm like, oh my God, not literally like the most deep cut, my favorite random song. So I don't know. It's just, I think they got a little cocky with the music. Yeah, I agree. They need to dig a little deeper. Yeah. Also, what was I going to say? Oh, like one of my favorite parts about season one was Stephen and Shayla. Yes. And Shayla's gone. She, had, we, I knew she wasn't going to be in the season because she posted it on her Instagram a few months ago. and She also made it seem like it wasn't her choice. Right. So I've already, what happens with Stephen in the books? Where would he be at? Shayla's not even in the books. Stephen oh. is not um, as much of a main character in the books as he is in the show. He's just like this older brother who's like always fucking mean to Belly. Like oh, always. That's annoying because he was one of my favorite characters this season. Like he's hyped up on the speech that he made as valedictorian that I thought was yeah. like, that sucked. Yes. <laughs> um, and like is it, am I supposed to be shipping him and Taylor? Because I do. Yes. Yeah, you are. And I believe um, that we're, we're like all supposed to be on board. Yeah, because he, like, looked at her at the party and then tried to crowd surf and embarrass himself. Um, but I no, like, like him. No, like, he's clearly so jealous of the boyfriend. Right. And Taylor's a cute, sweet girl, and I ship. Yeah. And she's a good friend. I th- In the book, like, we're annoyed with her because, like, she comes to Cousins and it's like, get the fuck out. Like, you're a school friend. This is a summer friend. Yeah, even last season we were annoyed by her and then she was, like, throwing herself at Steven. But I love Shayla, so I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, but, but she really Shayla is a good friend. Picture, she is a good friend. And she's, like, very smart. And she's the exact sort of friend that, like, Belly needs to get her out of yep. her comfort zone. But doesn't, like, peer pressure her and just understands yep. Belly. It's so true. She's really, like, the perfect friend for Belly. Yeah. So I'm enjoying – I mean, now episodes are being released once a week. So I'm not going to – I'm not going to sit around and wait like some sort of asshole. I will – I'll see you guys in six weeks. Okay, cool. I'll watch whenever you watch then. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, it's the type of show, it's like I need to watch it in one sitting. It's not like something that I can really wait for. Week to week. Yeah, like what do I look like? Yeah. So that's our show. Tis. And that's all she wrote. So thank you so much for listening to the Tesla Monday Morning Show where we deliver the fast-paced stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts and we're podcasts. We found out Spotify, Tunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, Facebook, Social Plus, Swift, and Podcast, Fantasy, Just Leave Five Story, Be Better, Beautiful, Stunning, and Wickedly Talented We Are. Hope you guys have an amazing Monday. Don't forget to rise and grind. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Love ya. Bye.